We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie to rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Fakes This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Sunday, July 23rd, the dog days of the NBA year. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got JD Silva with me. Fellas. We've got Nick Crane. Hello to the degenerates. I can't even say degenerates. <laughs> it's a tough one. Tongue twister. <laughs> We've got Taylor. Some may say the NBA offseason has the dog in them. But also happy birthday, Jacob. Thank you. Oh <laughs> wow. It took three people, but yeah, I, I missed missed the happy birthday, Jacob. I'm a good friend. I Jacob. make my really not Tommy reminded all of us. I make my return to the podcast on my birthday a week after it was apparently the shit on Jacob podcast while I was on not here. <laughs> We've also got Tommy in the house. Well, anyways, I mean I said you're I said happy birthday to you a day early. Day early. This is true. And then again today, personally, and told you what your gift was. This is because true. Because it hasn't arrived yet. So it's very considerate. Just throwing it out there. But also, now I mean, you like, also took we've back had your ju- happy We've birthday. had July birthdays as well. Yesterday. Like, you know, summer birthdays. Because uh, Silva's birthday is a summer birthday. I have a summer yeah. birthday too, you know. So happy birthday, Jacob. Yeah, I felt Thank terrible. You. Like, call me art. None of us knew until like I saw it a day later. Uh, by Sunday, happy birthday! I don't know what anyone's birthday. Another is. day of living, <laughs> dude. No, okay, never. Not gonna get to go down that rabbit hole. So, <laughs> we are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. It is some dark days in the NBA. Not a lot of news coming out, unless you're interested in the uh, the selling of the Charlotte Hornets, which uh, <laughs> not really. I mean, Seattle, so, go get him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have a few things on the docket tonight, though. JD and Taylor uh, accurately and uh, in-depth covered the Mark Dagnall contract extension earlier this week. 
Uh, so shout out to Mark Dagnall. Uh, very well-deserved. Nick, Kamir, any thoughts on that before uh, we move on? Because Taylor and JD did do a good job of that on Wednesday. Just yeah, so I have some additional. Th- I'm just kidding. Oh god, kidding, kidding. kidding. <laughs> You're not kidding. But I was making we'll, a joke. We'll, we'll pretend. Um, well deserved. Uh, I think that he's shown in a short period of time that he is more than just a developmental coach. Hopefully, I'm not repeating everything you guys already said, but um, like he, he's a guy that I think there's two arguments on like coaching in general in professional sports, like how much of an impact do they actually make. Um, versus like the guys on the floor. And I think Mark is a perfect example of getting the absolute most out of every single player. Um, the Thunder like to talk about drafting the prospect is only half the battle developing him is, is equally as important. And he's done a great job of that. So good for Mark. Well-deserved. Um, that's my thoughts. Yeah. I lazily did not join that podcast after watching that same Chelsea game as Taylor and uh, Silva did. And um, I watched and I camera from I'm repeating this, but I wondered to myself not long ago if Mark, I mean, as this team grows more, way more competitive as we're expecting them to in the next, you know, subsequent years after the during the season, after the season, if he's in like a legitimate NBA title head, uh, title head coach. And I felt like, like Nick just said that he gets the most out of his players, but also his team but also they seem to respect him a lot. And I don't think it's like a Scott Brooks situation because we've already seen Mark be super flexible and adapting to what is in front of him and is, I don't know, he's very calculated as a head coach and very um, just there's a system being ran and it's really successful. And I think all the credits to him and like that dude's awesome. So it's really, really hard to lead a team when you're at his age, like yeah, doesn't have necessarily like the most, NBA head coaching experience, but has got the respect of every single player. So that is impressive in itself. Definitely. And I think maybe it was JD that hit on this on Wednesday, but the Thunder organization is not just about development as far as bringing in young prospect players and letting them grow. It's coaching staff. It's announcement crew. It's um, uh, front office folks. It's like all throughout the entirety of uh, the organization, they believe in development. And Mark is just another testament to that, I believe. So some other news coming out Thunder related this week. It was announced via Sham Sharania that Chet Holmgren and Jalen J-Dub Williams will be on the Team USA select team for FIBA basketball. Basically, the JV squad, they will go out, they will practice with Team USA. They will scrimmage with team usa they can even go over to the philippines and japan with team usa and be like replacement players um but basically they're on like that next up and coming wave um lots of subsequent players have been announced since then but they were two of the very first ones to get announced along with jabari smith jr i think maybe i can't remember who else was announced in that initial cohort but an interesting group nonetheless just first initial thoughts on Chet and J-Dub going out to, I think, Team USA practices in Vegas before they go overseas, uh, going and working out and and being selected to be part of Team USA Select. It's gonna it's like a real mental hurdle of mine. It's going to be a mental hurdle of, of mine to achieve is like, don't get anxious if Chet is playing in the offseason. Uh, I just need to get over that. That was my first, my first thought seeing that tweet was like, 
just don't get hurt. But I can't, you know, the Thunder organization and and fans like you just got to let him play, let it play out. Um, and and I think he'll be great there. And, and J Dub as well. Uh, I'm excited for both of them. I think it's just a good experience. Um, similar thoughts to Silva. Like it's super easy to say, oh, what if Chet gets hurt or what if Dub gets hurt? Like regardless of injury history, like that's another opportunity to get hurt. But these guys are hoopers. If they're not practicing with Team USA, they're going to be doing five on fives elsewhere. They're going to be even in one on one workouts, you can get hurt. So um, I don't think that should be a concern. I think that playing with I don't know if I can call them the best in the world because it's not the best in the world, this USA team at least. But playing with other very, very, very good NBA players is super important. Even if even if they're not like getting a bunch of reps where the on-court stuff is developing, just being around other professionals and, and hearing different perspectives and, and picking the brains of some of these guys I think will be super valuable. I keep thinking about like just seeing that initial list that came out and Chet and Jalen are both on there. And I'm looking through the rest of the list. Again, we don't have the complete roster for the actual select team, but the Thunder have two players on that list compared to these other uh, these other players. So, or sorry, these other teams. I think that's pretty significant. And I'm excited to see Dub and, and Chet play together. And there's also a chance as well that they potentially could get called up to the actual FIBA team, get to travel with the team as a quote-unquote replacement. That's something to keep an eye on as well. But I'm with both of you that I, I it does make me a little anxious with Chet just based off last summer. And I don't think it, again, if last summer didn't happen, we wouldn't be concerned. But it, it, that's just the, kind of the, the reality of it. Like even J Dub, I'm I'm a little concerned about not because he has an injury history at all, but like I just want him healthy for the season. Um, and we even got news about Nikola Jokic today not playing with the Serbia team. And in that same article, I mentioned that Mitchich, uh, our new point guard, God. Jacob, <laughs> is not playing with Team Serbia as well. And so, uh, I, I don't know. It, just, it makes me a little anxious, but I think it's great for these two young players in OKC to be able to get that experience so early on. I think it's pretty important. Um, I, I know there might be like anxieties because of, you know, Chet's post, uh, not even postseason, preseason injury, but like, I mean, those things are going to happen. Uh, freak injuries like one that Paul George experienced are going to happen. Uh, you know, like you can't, uh, we, I, I don't think I could ever like self selfishly like say like, Hey, like I don't want them out there hell. I want them out there. I want to see them. And it's great for brand exposure, not just for the NBA, but also, also for the thunder, just in general that you've already got a dude that in J dub that, he played one summer league game and it was very clear that he was head and heels over everybody else on the court he played against. And there was really no point for him to do so um, other than show off his fancy new haircut. Um, and then Chet though, you got to see a more extended run in the fact that he's already, Hey, there's two Knicks. Um, and there's a, the fact that Chet in his rookie season, quote unquote rookie. I know if, Chet is in the end of the, is in the conversation for rookie at the end of the year, rookie of the year at the end of the year, uh, the season. There's going to be the whole Donovan Mitchell BS or Ben Simmons or whatever, whoever it was again, um, him being a sophomore. But I think for Chet, it even just shows how he's already respected by the NBA community, and again, just more brand exposure and competition uh, among higher regarded youngsters in the NBA. So all around good stuff. 
for me, it's I would I would assume the Thunder sign off to let those guys play. Can't and say it again. I guess legally is not the right term, but legally the Thunder don't have jurisdiction over that. They can yep. strongly suggest for but sure. It's not the a fact thunder. that Chet is playing though. Yeah, is like that's a good sign to me. True. Maybe a, a little bit of a hot take. Not my hottest take for tonight's show, by the way. I got oh one. My. I got I got one locked and loaded for my return. Um, if Chet plays last season, I think he's starting on this team, and a guy like Walker Kessler or starting Bobby or Portis, on the actual team. I think he. Good question. He's on the actual team, maybe yeah. starting. Yeah. I mean, so l- let's look at like the the actual FIBA team, and uh, I want to know: Is there anybody on this team that you think Dub or Chet like should have been on, and they should have been off? Basically, um, guards: Mikael Bridges. Sorry, he's considered a forward. Uh, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Josh Hart, Austin Reeves. Um. Anybody on that list? Um, that that dub should be over. Uh, I mean, the personally, rattle them off. Josh Hart and Austin Reeves are the easy. Yeah, right. Those are the two. Obviously, yeah, candidates. the guards again: Jalen Brunson, Ant Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Josh Anthony Hart, Edwards. I would take Deb over Edwards again. I mean, what? I Austin those Reeves? What? Anthony Edwards? Oh wait, I, I'm thinking of Simon. Sorry. Okay. Christ, Taylor. <laughs> I was, I was like, okay, we're, we're about to have the hottest take of the pod right here. <laughs> I know. Right. Take him. Ant, Ant is cold. Yeah. Um. I mean, Sorry. Austin Reeves. That's a uh, major that's brain tough. fart after a long weekend of wedding. I mean, better, than, better than a real fart. <laughs> I would just say that just in general, the Team USA roster is just a travesty in its own. That like, I took one look at that and said, that's a disappointment waiting to happen. Nobody's playing. It's a fair point. Like it, nobody in this, and there's going to be another redeem team. It's so like, I think I just whatever, I, whatever. It, the the it, big it. guys will play Olympic ball. I I don't think they're super interested in playing FIBA. I don't know. Correct. Forwards: Paulo Bancaro, Mikel Bridges, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Cam Johnson, Bobby Portis. Chet would not start. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. And I hate probably wouldn't Bobby start, Portis. but I would take him over those last two names in the forward spot. Same. Cam Johnson and Bobby Portis, like, don't get me super excited. Um, I'm also a homer, but I think, like, I would take J-Dub over Cam, but Cam has four years that J-Dub was one. Cam's yeah. also, like, 28 years old. Yeah, so. 30. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then listed centers, there's only one, Walker Kessler. I mean, yeah. if if Chet plays last season, maybe he gets the nod over Walker Kessler there. Um travesty walker kessler can i mean he's good at defense he blocks shots but i think the offensive skill set between those two is vast yeah agreed i mean we still theoretically we still haven't seen chet play an actual nba basketball game yet but theoretically like chet is just so much more versatile than walker kessler will be should be kessler was really damn good last year was good. Mm-hmm. like really damn good yeah. how old is he 21 I was gonna say I think he's still pretty not young. that much older than Chet. Let's look it up. A lot younger than Rudy Gobert, and arguably he is good. Walker Kessler is twenty-one. There you he go. Just, not, no, he turns twenty-two in 
three days. Happy early birthday. Mm, there you go. Walker. Kessler. Another delight, baby. You know, we're just saying. Is you guys have any worries? I mean, you kind of mentioned the the Chet injury worry. Like to me, I get the the trepidation there, but I think you guys hit it on the head. If he's not practicing with Team USA, he's doing pickup runs out at UCLA. Right. Yeah. My preference is have him in a building with like world renowned trainers and people that have like master's degrees and how to manage these guys' bodies and in a controlled environment versus at the crossover, uh, slipping on water and yeah, tearing yeah, his freaking foot. Exactly. You know, the courts are going to be good and monitored. And yeah, that's a good point. It's better I to think, have him playing there than some random place. I, I think that. Mark Fuse, an assistant coach, which probably yes. plays a big factor in Chet. Oh. Um, Ooh, good point. Not I didn't to mention just that. like we, we talked about being around the best, some of the best players in the world um, is great experience, but being under like Steve Kerr and Eric Spolstra and Ty Lu, Monty Williams, like you, you'll take that from a, a coaching and, and mentorship standpoint. And, I, and just kind of to recap what both of you said there, um, I mean, that is a much more favorable favorable environment if you're Sam Presti <laughs> compared to him just going and playing random pickup games or mm-hmm. even uh, if they aren't random, um, but at being controlled in that environment with those kind of caliber of coaches, Nick, I think is a really good point that I hadn't really thought of. I forgot that Mark Few is on the uh, on the the coaching roster. Yeah. Um, coaching staff. Anything else with Chet and J-Dub before we move on? I think we're good. Just All right, let's take our... Don't get hurt. Let's take our first break of the night. On the other side, we're going to talk everyone's favorite topic, pick protections. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back. Gentlemen, the one mystery of the Thunder offseason has finally been solved. Back during the NBA Finals, the Thunder and the Denver Nuggets made a trade. The Thunder sent out the worst of their 2024 first-round picks. They have four of them. And a 2023 second-round pick in return to get a like 2029 protected Denver first-rounder. So they traded a first-rounder and a second-rounder for a first-rounder like six years from now. Well, we finally figured out what the protections on that pick were. I want to get it pulled up to make sure I have it correct. But I believe it is top five protected in 29, rolls over to a top five protected pick in 2030. And if it doesn't convey in those two years, it becomes a second pick. So Denver would have to be like worst of the worst in the league for back-to-back years for the Thunder to not get that pick, even if Denver had the worst record. Just like with those Rockets picks, it is a 50-50 coin flip on if they would get it. So is, and and I haven't looked into this much, so I could be off base here. Is this now a scenario where the Thunder will have the opportunity, depending on where the picks fall, like Denver's 27, 28, 29, and 30 based on rollovers could all be Oklahoma City's. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Ago. Yeah, very crazy. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, they get two of those four picks. Is that right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's only going to, it's going to be one or the other. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be two of those four, probably like barring the Nuggets, just, you never know. It's, it's five to what, eight years from now, five to seven years from now. Um, I doubt the Nuggets end up in top five odds. So you probably just end up getting 27 and 29. It didn't really matter, but it's interesting to think about. So now that we know the protections, how do we feel about the trade? Like, I don't know if we can act accurately judge the trade until that pick comes to fruition six years from now, which we all might be dead in a nuclear holocaust, <laughs> Silva from Oppenheimer. But I don't think we can accurately like judge this trade until we see that. But now knowing that piece of information... Does it change the way you feel about that deal? I no. like it more, uh, I think. And I think I expect more deals like this to happen moving forward uh, just as a way to kick the can. I expect a lot of more a lot more kick the can down the road deals. I think I like this one more. Yep. It's, uh, I mean, like, it's something that we mentioned, uh, gosh, feels like, like last month on a podcast about like, what do we do with all these picks? You cash them in now, and I was like, they could just continually kick them down the road. And like, ultimately, with all those assets, um, if especially if you ha- feel like you have a, a lot of right, the right guys and the, with the right timing, it doesn't make sense to always cash in your assets. So I think uh, like in, in, in some sort of uh, urgent need. And so uh, I think kicking the can down the road was ultimately always going to be the option because they just have so much now like picks are at a premium 
so much NBA currency. And what are they going to do? They're going to put it in their savings account. And hopefully that brings more picks to fruition that they can use to trade up even more in another draft. It's it's what Presti just does. It's, 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 I like it. I like it the same. Uh, there, it doesn't really move the I think needle, that's though. a good point. Like it, it, it is what Presti does. And he's thinking more long-term. He's not thinking about necessarily you know consolidating these picks for one big trade and that's going to be the big championship push that you know puts this team over the you know into the finals he's thinking about when you know having continuing to have a treasure chest of assets to improve this team long term even when this team is a championship contender or a playoff contender which i think is really important and so maybe i'm cheating a little bit here jacob i don't know if it's it's kind of on par with what i expected when we heard this trade go down this this is what i hoped for because i figured this is pretty similar to what presti would end up getting i will say though getting that second year uh protected one through five is pretty big i kind of expect it to be one through five uh, or sorry top five protected that first year and then maybe convert to like a non-lotto pick the second year or convert to multiple seconds in the in the uh, you know if, if the pick doesn't convey uh, that first year so from that stance, I was a little surprised and, and happy. I just kept on thinking about the health of the Rockets and who's even on that team by those years. It's he's I, I feel like this is turning quality, qu- sorry, quantity into quality or attempting to flip quantity to quality picks. Nick and I talked about this. Gosh, Nick, a couple months ago. Everyone loves to talk about the consolidation trade. When are the Thunder going to package all the future firsts to make a move to go get their Pascal Siakam, their Joel Embiid, their this guy, that guy, whoever? I'm becoming more and more convinced that trade is never going to happen. And we're just going to see a lot more of these. Hey, they just traded for a 2033 top five protected first. And every year they're going to have one or two firsts that have a chance to be a really good pick. And they're just going to kind of keep this rotation going to naturally fuel the roster for years and years and years to come rather than cashing everything in all at once. I kind of feels like the direction we're going. Yeah. And you can kind of, I I say that maybe they trade for Pascal Siakam tomorrow. It's also the the picks are a backup plan, you know, because if, if one of these guys say, and you know, everyone knock on wood at the same time, if Chet ends up, like having his career derailed by injuries, you still have the picks. You can still go get someone in that case. Or like you just said, you can fuel the rebuild and sustain it uh, over a longer period of time by, by kicking the can a bunch. Yeah, I mean, 2030, Shea's 32. And now you might be bringing in a number six overall pick to pair with prime Josh Giddy and prime J-Dub. That's wild to think. And then as some guys phase out, trade asset too. next get the next guys phase in. And it's just like this never ending like cycle that he's, he being pressed. is is kind of building and putting together. Like I'm not, I am leaning more and more and more as time passes away from the idea that they're going to do the massive consolidation trade. I think this, this, just to be the pessimistic guy, I guess, um, the the trade Nick? makes no. sense in a vacuum. It makes sense because <laughs> like the, the ceiling of that pick is a lot higher. Like this is the worst of the picks next year. So it's likely going to be, I don't know, twenties. Um, but I can't, I, I hate on social media. People keep saying like, 
what a great move. They traded for a pick that will likely be better. Not, it's not likely. Like, there's a chance. I wouldn't consider anything likely seven years from now. Um, but the one thing that, and I know Presti, I'm sure, tried this. I would have liked it a lot more if it was pick 50 being traded instead of pick 37. Just like looking at some of the guys that would have been on the board there. Max Lewis, Jordan Wall, Shamari Bailey, Rupert, City Sissoko, like guys that I think would have been really, really nice to have in a really deep draft at 37, like first round graded guys. So while yes, you're trading a first for a future first and you traded the second, like that's to me, that was a really valuable second. Like where there's first round guys sitting there available to be drafted. So like, could it end up being a number seven pick? you know, half a decade from now. And everyone's like, Nick, you're stupid. Who wanted Sissoko for, you know, but like it could also be the 28th pick and Sissoko is a two-time all-star and fantastic. But you know, it's, yeah, we, we won't know. You never but know. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I can't sit here and say like fantastic trait. Like maybe it will be, but I'm not like no, over the moon about it. I wonder if some of it, Nick, just to, to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, the pick they traded was 37, 36. Mm -hmm. Yep. What is a question? What is devil's advocate to the devil's advocate? Is I was also wondering that, Bob. Is Jacob the, the Lord's advocate? <laughs> the Antichrist. He was. I don't know. He was uh, welcomed back to the OKC airport with worship music and praise. That, that was strange and very, very Oklahoma. Sorry, I had to. Um, maybe they were talking to representatives of players who were in that range, Nick, and found out that none of those guys wanted a two-way and the Thunder already knew their off-season plans and so decided to trade that pick instead of 50 because they knew the guy they took at 50, they could get on the two-way, right? Like maybe that's a piece of the puzzle uh, that, that kind of went into it. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's an interesting point. I'm sure there's a lot of layers that we don't know. Yeah. But uh, I wonder if that if that maybe was a data point for them. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right. And again, like nobody knows how this ended up looking. I'm just my standpoint is when the when the protections came out, Thunder Twitter was Presty strikes again. Salivating. Not ready to say that yet. It's like good trade. Calculated probably. bet. Yeah. yeah. Calculated so bet. The, but it's a bet nonetheless. Correct. And on the theme of devil's advocate, Nick, <laughs> me being the devil's advocate to this uh this segment in general. People are excited the triple about this because there's nothing advocate? else to talk about. So to your point, <laughs> like, yeah, the triple, the, the triple D. <laughs> you might tested. say it's a little sloppy. <laughs> yeah, there it is. So it's a devil's advocate to the to the third third power. What is this going take on right once now? Once we get it to the sixth power, someone opens up a portal, I think. <laughs> devil's advocate is, let's move on. You take the devil's advocate. To the devil's yeah, advocate to the says, let's move on. Let's All right. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's time to move on before this gets any more. I was supposed to come back and bring stability to the show. Well, look at look what happens. I know. Jeez. And now we just got dark. losing my touch. All right. Let's take a break. On the other side, I have made up some over unders for the Thunder season for you guys. It's way too early. I don't care. We're talking about them when we get back.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And we are back. The degenerates are out in full force tonight in the comments section. Uh, I love it. This is what I live for. Uh, thank you. Gentlemen, let's do some over-unders. This time, last season, we did over way too early summertime over-unders. Just as a way to generate some conversation, bring up a point and, and have some debate to see kind of what we think and how we're feeling moving into the NBA season. I'm going to give one of you guys an over-under, let you make your prediction, give us why, and then everyone else can kind of debate it before we move on. And so each of you will get your own over-under where you have the first say. Make sense? Yerp. JD? Uh-oh. You are on the board. <laughs> All right. All right. The over-under over number is 0.5. This is for Thunder players on all rookie teams. Remember, there's two all rookie teams. It is regardless of position. It could be five guards. Zero point five Thunder players on. Well, it's a typo. Yes, it should be one point five. Yeah, I was gonna say. Are you gonna count for Chet here? Yeah, uh, I I forgot that Chet does count as a rookie. One point five. Mitchich does too. For what it's worth. Yes, Jesus. Mitchich and Kaysen and Keontae Johnson. JD, don't forget. Oh, boy. Over under 1.5 Thunder players who appear on a all-rookie team. Oh, man. Um, ah, this is really, really tough. I'm trying to think of... I'm trying to very quickly think of who else was drafted. I'm going to say over. I'm going to take the over. I think Kaysen is ready to come in and contribute. Like, Oh, you're going Kaysen, not Mitchich. I'm certainly not going Mitchich. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to think about Mitchich um, in any aspect, um, but I, I'm, I'm going to just put him out of my mind for a while until I like, see him play a basketball game for the Thunder. But uh, I think it's going to be Chet and Kaysen. Maybe even Chet and Kaysen. <laughs> Double the odds of Kaysen Sorry. getting it with Sorry. two names. <laughs> or does that mean half his votes will be split because nobody knows who's who? <laughs> I'm going to disagree with Silva and say it's I'm going to take the I'm going to take the under, right? Uh yeah, yeah. Are you, are you going to go 1 or 0 come here? I'm going 1. You, you got to go Chet. Um he seems like an obvious selection for the rookie of the year. It has as, to make the all rookie team, as, right? As, yeah, as long as as long as he stays healthy like you guys mentioned, um but I mean that's every player in the NBA as long as they stay healthy. Um I'll take the under just simply because uh 
this Thunder team is being now built to the part in which Kaysen will not be as of significance as maybe other players on the team. Like there's a Josh Giddy now, there's a J Dub now that has significant significant roles. And I don't think Kaysen Wallace, other than having fantastic defense and pushing the ball in transition and not really having the best shot yet, um, is going to push him over the lines for that. Uh, unless he just again like is a like a Lou Dort kind of figure, but I don't, I don't I just don't see it yet. I think I get it. I, I I just wonder if he cracks the rotation like we think he will, and there's people like JRE and I don't know Usman Jang, um, Trey Mann who aren't cracking that rotation. And speaking and- of Trey Mann, he got engaged. No, oh. he got married today. Oh, oh, is it married? Boy, yeah, wedding. Him and Hayden actually. Don't you literally congratulate just got a notification him. from Hayden saying, He's um, cap. Trey and I got married on the same day, so I need a jersey now. LOL. Nice. <laughs> need to keep up with my thunder off the court. They, they share a uh, anniversary. Shay wow. got engaged. Trey's getting married. They grow up so fast, man. Yeah, they do. So true. Shay's doing Look the at boys. spotlight, man. Look at that. Guy, guy's getting married right here. And then he says, oh, by the way, it's like somebody that gets engaged at your wedding. It's like, hey, I know you're getting wet and married and all that stuff and that you guys are like in this union together. But now in it's life, my night. But it's about me. I'm about to ask this person and have all the attention over here. So just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Well, long story short, uh, I'm going to go with the over because I think Kaysen will make second team. I'm not willing to say first team like J-Dub did, uh, but – between Chet and and Kaysen, I think. How many minutes do you think he gets at a game? Oh, that's a good question. I wasn't prepared to answer that. 14? Is that, is that enough to I have enough think, production? Yeah, I don't think that's enough. That's a fair point. How I much also think right? just the, this, this draft class has the chance to be like really good. Like yeah. You got to assume Victor's going to make it. Scoot's going to make it. Both the Thompson boys are going to make it. And then Chet makes it. There's the one Thompson team right boys. there. The Thompson boys. This is why Mitchich makes me uncomfortable. I, like he's just taking. He's going to take minutes from Casey. He's going to take minutes from Trey. Yeah. Can I get like ten seconds just to ask you all, yes or no? Is do you all think Mitchich is going to like be good and contribute? Because I don't under <laughs> I don't understand his role. Nobody's so taking up the flag for the anti Mitchich propaganda from me. I, I have I a know. very spicy uh, take that I am saving for our preseason bet pods. Mm. So I'm just going to leave it there. Is that uh, how many times you will correctly say Mitchich on a post-game podcast? <laughs> Mikeich. I will my, take my the kick. under. Mikeich. I'm curious. Uh, I mean, about I think he's going to contribute. I yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Mitchich like closes like over fifty percent of the games. My God. So I just gotta okay. My, well, my would mindset. would everybody agree on this pod that like Vegas is always right or is is good at what they do? Good at what they do. I can't They're very good at making do. money yeah. off of people. Yes, that's yes. Um, this is going to give it away, by the way. I ask it, I'm sure. But between Kaysen and Mitchich, who do you think's higher on Rookie of the Year ladders? Oh, oh, Mitchich. Damn it. That's a good point. I, I didn't just... think about Mitchich um, potentially being considered a rookie. Not that it, not that it means anything. Yeah. But again, well, it does Vegas, kind of like... Vegas is generally a lot more right than the average person like us. If he wins rookie of the year, well, he's not. That's not the I point. will buy a Mitchich jersey, fly to Serbia 
and take a picture in front of like the Serbian Capitol building. Well, you're already buying them at the Jersey, so you just have to fly. If yeah. you know how much I hate flying, this is a a yeah. big bet for me. What do you hate more, flying or Rudy Gobert? Oh God, you put Rudy Gobert and me <laughs> on a plane. Think about it. As much as I hate Rudy Gobert, Gobert, I'm in hell. <laughs> that son of a and, bitch probably got COVID on the plane too. This gosh, this and this is like not all to say that we don't think and our I don't want to speak for everybody, but this I. I don't think that Kaysen Walsh is not going to be a great Thunder player or a good player, at least this year, or a decent contributor for a rookie uh, because those Kentucky guards always kind of come with an asterisk next to, next to their name because that's just not the way that Calipari plays. And so it's kind of hard to judge them. Um, and so I, I just don't think he is going to get the minutes to provide the, oppor- to get, provide the opportunities he's going to be given to make an all-rookie team, possibly. And I don't think he's like, going to get the numbers like, oh, either, Tommy. Like, that's very good. Yeah. Guys that make all-rookie yeah, yeah. teams typically are very flashy. Well, what, they have that's the why, counting that's stats. That's why J-Dub came on so late for Rookie of the Years, because yeah. he started yeah. posting stupid stat lines. Like, if if Kaysen averages over hey, Herb Jones did seven it. points a game, I'll be surprised. And I keep thinking, did Herb, Herb Jones did it. And I just... I don't know. I can see Casey Wallace being one of those guys on the second team who sneaks in because he's on the competitive team who exceeds expectations and played a role for the team. That's the reason I mentioned it. But I just want to go back to what Nick brought up with Mitchich. I just uh, I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> but I'm definitely with him being considered a rookie this upcoming season, that does affect how I would potentially uh, answer like the first bullet point we had here uh, with the, the Thunder players on all rookie teams. That's I, I don't think Mitch would necessarily make one, but it, I don't know. It's interesting. Well, to that, to the, the previous point about odds, I want to, I'm going to give you five names. I want you to tell me who has the best odds for rookie of the year. Okay. Uh, Anthony black, Mitch, Taylor Hendricks, Grady Dick, Sar Thompson. I put Sar first. Sorry, yeah. And then Anthony Black second. I feel like Taylor this is a trick third. question. You could debate all day, but the book that I'm on, they're all equal. Oh wow! I just that actually Silva's kind of crumbling makes, over here. Why are you saying? Why are you saying this? Said. Nick's I mean, got money. Should, Nick's got money in Vegas. Good. Nick's got money in Vegas. Nick's got money in Vegas. Good. That's why he's, he's saying it. 29 years yeah. old and has played a lot of basketball. Like, I kind of want to. This go dude was put... in puberty before like any of these other rookies were even right. like out of the womb. Right. Like wh- he was already se- smoking <laughs> cigarettes in Serbia whenever Anthony Black was like being thought of. <laughs> when Poku was playing a uh, second team, he might be Poku's dad. <laughs> Jeez, this is the worst. <laughs> That's gonna be a sounder. <laughs> All right, next over under. Nick three seventeen. Okay, the the number I just is realized eight... we're just now on the second sounder <laughs> yep. or the second um sorry bullet, bullet point. point. Yeah, there we go. Nick, the number is uh... eight point five. This is for Thunder's position in the Western Conference seating at the end of the season. Nick's under means me. you're going like they're higher up. They're one through eight. Lower or under. That's under over means they're going to be like worse. You did a really good job placing this one much better than the 0.5 in the first one. Yeah, no, I, um, I do the first one. This is actually really hard. I, that's what she said. <laughs> Telling you six tape. I personally believe they will be nine or 10 
which would be higher. Um, but if they were lower, I'll even say if they were significantly lower, like five, six, I would not be very surprised. But if I was betting on an over-under, given I think they'll be 9-10, I would go over. Interesting. I think some people would agree with you. I think other people are expecting a, was it two years ago, the Memphis jump? Yeah. yeah. I think some that's other Thunder fans are in that camp. Um, there, there's, and I agree, and there is, there is a such thing as getting significantly better as a team, but not significantly rising in the standings because the teams around you are also better or healthier or you name it. And that's kind of the camp I fall in. Yeah, we talked about it a lot. Nobody in the West minus Portland after they trade Dame is like currently in the tank race. Totally. That's I'm I'm looking at the standings from last season. That's what makes this so interesting. Yes, I'd put OKC over San Antonio. Yes, I'd put them over Houston. Yes, I although Houston will be more competitive mm-hmm. more competitive and be in that race, I think. Yeah. Um, I put them over Portland, put them over Utah. Now we're talking about seed eleven, and that's Dallas, who obviously has Kyrie coming back for a full season, which you're talking last year's Lord senior, right? knows. Yeah, sorry, yes, yes. Lord knows what, what that looks like with yep. a full season of Kyrie. Who are the four you had them over? Uh San Antonio, Houston, Portland, Utah. Utah. Obviously, yeah. Houston's going to be more competitive, but I still feel they should confident. be better. They should be better. They, right. Same for Utah, but I've got Houston not much like. more. If Houston gets into the 30s, it's not very, by very far. So then we have Dallas at 11, which again, Kyrie, like it, it's it's interesting. It all the all hinges on Kyrie. You have the Pelicans, Zion's health, right? Like they could be a great team, they could not be a great team. And then OKC was at nine. You have Minnesota at eight last season uh, before the playoffs. Lakers at seven. And even Golden State, like they're an aging team. They were at six. Uh, the Clippers at five. We'll see if they get hardened. There's so much variability there. Like I see the Thunder best case scenario jumping uh, all those teams if everything falls right and being right which, there. At which five is my behind point. Phoenix. Which is my point. If if everything but, falls right, correct. Sure. But if, at, to your point, the opposite team, ends, right? Right. I could see them there at um, the last playing spot, barely you, you, beating you, out Utah, Portland, Houston, and San Antonio. You have to consider That's Oklahoma tough. City's luck last season was tough. The guys they lost due to injury were guys you can live without, like Josh, Shea, Dub. The core guys outside of Chet, obviously, who didn't count because he didn't play, were healthy almost the entire season, and. While everybody believes, including me, they will be a better team and win more games. If any of those guys are hurt for an extended period of time, it really hurts. Like it's really hard to have two straight years of zero injury. Yep. Uh, like significant injuries to your top players. That's why I think they they're at nine or ten. I always thought they'd make the playoffs and the play in. I never thought they'd be any higher than six. Uh, but. I, and just because of teams that did have injury issues. Um, and yeah, they're sure that Warriors are aging. Uh, but I think, I still think they'll be better than what OKC throws out there. Not again, like people are just going to, people are just going to say, like, or, or some people view this as thunder bashing for some reason. Um, but there's just a lot of talented teams in the West, including the Thunder. Again, we need to concentrate on that massive crunch of teams between. 
spot, like four and five in the standings to seed like 11, 12. It was so compact. And like what, like you guys mentioned again, it depends on what happens during the course of the season. Or do these guys stay healthy? Do they not stay healthy, et cetera? Um, so I'm just apt to believe, yes, the Thunder will be better. They might win like a few more games. Like I said, 42 and 40 the other night. Like they might win 47 and that could take them to like a uh, six seed or something like that. But again, uh, it was so competitive, especially when you add in the Pelicans and Zion's health too. I like that you brought that up, uh, Taylor. Uh, so it's it's hard to really gauge, but right now I'm taking them at nine. So I guess that would be under. Yeah, yep. um, I would probably go like eight here. Maybe this is a hot take. I don't know. I think if they bypass the play-in this coming season and get a guaranteed playoff spot, I would almost argue that that's a bigger jump than what they did last year. Agreed completely. Is that hot? Yeah, agreed. No, I think that's spot on. And um, like to go kind of- from getting pick number two to being in the play-in, that was a jump. But I think going from the play-in last year to how competitive the West is going to be, skipping the play-in entirely, that's a jump. Because you would be you would be lapping a team that is much older, like like a Minnesota. You'd be ahead of yeah. them. Yeah, and Kamiar mentioned like everyone in the West has talent. The difference is a lot of those talented West teams also have experience. Yeah, OKC is just young, right? They are still. When you look at trajectories, you take the Thunder over the next five years over a team like Minnesota or the Clippers or Phoenix or whoever, but at this moment in time, like the, the Thunder just young and, and kind of lack that experience right now. And that's what Shea mentioned uh, during the last play-in game of Minnesota. They said they, they were not playing to the style that they had played basically the entire year. And like, I think the moment got to them. Well, he said it basically the moment got to them and they uh, played just not the, their style that they did. And then obviously they lost to Minnesota by like, boy like 18 or double digits but uh, yeah so i know we've gone long enough on this i just want to say even with the context i gave and i think this these are great precursors to our uh, nba preseason bets that we do each year and i promise we are working to pay those off so stay tuned to our listeners uh for this past season but for the upcoming season i think these are really good precursors i'm going the i guess that, that would be the under uh i think thunder will be seven or eight and I'll save the context there for later in the, the offseason as we head into preseason. My hope is seven or eight. That way you're in the play in, but you get the play play two, but only got to win one. Right. I like yeah. I like Mysterious Taylor. Mysterious Taylor. I do. Who talks way less? That's fair. <laughs> Taylor, you got the next over under, which is 3.5. This number is for the number of Thunder players who take part in All Star Weekend. That means they are an all-star, they are a dunk participant, they are a three-point participant, or they are in what's called the Rising Stars, but that's Rookie Sophomore Challenge. Yeah. 3.5. It's actually really ironic that you gave me this one because uh, speaking of preseason bets, I lost a bet on this last year, saying uh, going <laughs> against my guy Kamiar, <laughs> saying uh, that the Thunder would be under, I think it was two and a half maybe. Yeah, it was two and a half. Is over two inches. Yep. Poor form on my part. Um, three and a half. That feels like a lot. It really does. But when you think about the Thunder roster, it doesn't feel like that much. However, I'm going to go ahead well, and go under. Okay, let, well, let's let's break it down. 
Anybody in the All-Star game? Jay. Jay. Okay, so there's one. Maybe Dub. Maybe Ooh, Giddy. But I'd I don't say think Giddy so. more likely. I think I think it's safe to say Dub is in rookie sophomore challenge. Yes. Yes. Yep. Two. Is it safe to say Chet's in the rookie sophomore challenge? Yep. yep. That's yeah. True. Okay, so there's three. That's you got to get one more guy in somewhere. Do you think Can anyone make it else to the makes skills it? challenge? Isaiah Casey Joe three point challenge. Ooh, that's that's nice. Oh, yeah, like if he didn't get in, shooting forty five percent of the points. Kaysen, Mitchich. Like if I'm saying K- Mitchich, uh, Kaysen's rising, going to uh, make rising stars. Rising stars. I'd Mitch. have to say he'd make rising stars. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling <laughs> the you, context this, is funny. This is the, the BS that that's the best laugh I've ever heard a... from Nick ever. Oh. <laughs> Thirty years old, but he's rising up, baby. Yeah. <laughs> He's our rising star. Technically, I, it's rookie. I hope he's just like smoking cigarettes in the locker room amongst like the twenty-year-olds. How do you do, fellow kids? Cigarettes. Do, do you have anybody else for a game, Taylor? See, that's what I'm thinking. Like, Mitch, like Isaiah, Chet, Chet J Dub, like and Shay, and Shay like will probably not make oh, in the shit. rising stars. Giddy probably doesn't make an all-star team. He was, okay. So- I told you guys I had a hot take, locked and loaded, and ready to go. Locked, cocked, and ready to rock. Oh, well, gosh. I ignore that. You just, just heard that. Can we, can we get to the take? Just say <laughs> yeah, why the long pause? I, it, I'm, I'm del- I, delaying it. Go, go, go. I have more sayings. This, this year it is really hot. It might be next year. It is hot. I think within the next two years, Josh Giddy is on the All-Star team. It, as early as this season. I think it, it needs to be one of those... Oh, they're the third seed. They have to have two kind of things. Could if be. you look at Josh Giddy, he has if the three point percentage. It's the Chris right Middleton All Star. Yeah, it's, he's the second good. guy in the Bucks, and the Bucks are really damn good. Maybe I'm Love just that. an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> like, th- I think there's a world next season where Josh averages like twenty one nine and eight or something like that. If that's and the if case, the Thunder around All Star break are in the playoff conversation. They're six seed. Shea's doing his thing, and Josh is getting 21, nine, and eight, and like shooting efficiently. Like, I think Josh is just going to freaking eat with this team. Like, I told you guys earlier, like, I was watching Josh, like, passing highlights today. There's a difference between passing to the open guy and making a play that, like, your pass creates an open shot. Like, those are two very different things. And Josh is just absolutely elite at that second one. Like, you go back, if you just watch a compilation of Josh passes, he makes passes that like the dude getting the pass doesn't even know there's a passing lane there. And they end up this. with like a wide open, like, I don't know if there's a stat for this, Nick, on like um, whatever those highly sophisticated like stat websites are. Synergy. Or Synergy, like there that. we go. Yeah. I feel like Josh passes that are like potential assists turn into actual assists more often because he creates such easy shots for everybody else. This man, we'll go back to last week when you guys decided to shit on me when I wasn't here. (laughs) This man had me saying JRE was going to be a 10-year vet. And then you watch JRE play without Josh. It's a different player. It's true. Like I I watched last season Josh highlights. He got JRE like 100 points. Just by like... Doing these crazy, like he looks this way, and so the defender goes, and then Josh, like, pistol Pete Maravich is the ball the other way. It's yeah, it's insane. He reads the game like two steps ahead of other players, so that's what we mean. When we talk about yeah. very high basketball. So, IQ. so give me the over on this over under because I'm putting Josh in the all star game. 
What if I the like galaxy that. brain take here that you kind of just pointed us to is that Chet is going to be the all-star because Giddy makes his job so easy. Oh, I like that. Yeah, hey, that's not good. About a year ago, say, but Giddy insane. was on, uh, he was interviewing, talked about like watching at, you know, growing up in Australia, he didn't really watch, he, he watched what they call footy. He didn't actually watch uh, American football. And now that he has watched American football, he mentioned some of the, the players that he's watched and their quarterbacks, like Patrick Mahomes, for example. And to Jacob's point, like you see that in his game, the way that he is able to read a play, you know, two steps in advance, it, it very is quarterback like. So I like that. Um, but it makes I got us on a, I got us the, on a Josh tangent yeah. though. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> okay. uh, I don't have I don't have stats on Josh's. I guess it'd be like potential assist rate that you asked, but Josh was fifteenth in assists and fourteenth in potential assists, which could indicate like maybe there's not a huge uplift in assists to be had if guys are making shots. But I, I'm the logic sound, and I completely agree with you. Like he, he, 21, nine and eight, which would be a effing ridiculous stat line would not shock me. Like which is a testament to him. What he did last year, I think only like LeBron and Jokic had like the same points, assists, rebounds. The big thing is the shooting percentage specifically from yeah. three. Yeah. I think it'll depend on how popular he is. Like Nick mentioned uh, how popular he is as a player, how popular the Thunder is and how successful the Thunder is. I mean, um, he's obviously a good player. He is his trajectory as far as how fast he's developing. Even his jump shot within the last season is pretty obvious that he's making pretty good strides in that, but also being, as we saw um, in this past year, using his body, um, more physically as well and actually getting to the paint knocking guys back and which is something we didn't see in the first season tightening the handle etc that yeah sure um i mentioned i asked if it was like a long time ago if you guys thought he could potentially get over 20 points a game and you guys are like dude if he can get over 20 points like that's ridiculous and because we already know what he would what to expect from the assists and the rebounds and but does he put up enough points slash how much exposure is the Thunder getting because they are a small market team? He needs Australia to vote for him like crazy. Needs, well, it's sure they will mm-hmm. uh, with Jack White along on the team to join him. And um, not the drum from the white stripes, um, but it's, it's going to depend on, I think again, how popular he is and, and a marketable NBA player, and which has been proven to I mean like he's on a lot of NBA stuff already. Uh, so they, the NBA expects them to be in that position. So I think it's a pretty good shot um, eventually, but maybe not this coming season, right? Was that your yeah. question? Yeah, that's where I put him at. Remember so Taylor, 3.5, uh... you're going over or under? One under. I think okay. it'll be three. Logical. Remember when Josh had like 31, 9, and 10 in that playing game? That's, dude, he almost had a 30-point triple-double yeah. in that playing game. And then he tried to fist fight uh edmund santa fe's uh, yes, uh josh, josh richardson. richardson josh richardson yeah. love it because he hit him oh, in the yeah. nuts yep and then shay was laughing at him yeah he's <laughs> like oh slow down buddy i take uh josh has a little bit of a hothead yeah, he does i think chet can get there as well yep it's gonna be a fun team man I think they all super fun team. I think they are all actually pretty aggressive players, but they just show it in different ways. You can yeah. tell when Shea uh, gets his motor running hot. Yeah, agreed completely. I think Shea gets it more in like the competitiveness of the game, 
Like I could never see like Shea like trying to go after somebody like Josh did in that game. We've seen like other Thunder players do that. Um, Kenrich Williams almost punching Rudy Gobert in the back of the head was the highlight of my life. Good for him. Yeah. Good for I, him. I, I, I wish <laughs> he, he wouldn't have had the self-control to pull that back. Romeo, you are up next. Ooh, the number like is 9.5. The question is, the Thunder's defensive ranking in the NBA <laughs> next season. Oh, I can already tell you, they're going to go, they're, they, they will be one through nine. They are a... Not only a very long team, they're becoming a bigger team as we've seen Josh and J-Dub also put on weight and muscle even more so to be more dynamic. They've got great guard play um, and they've been socked up on that on case on Wallace. And then they also now not only have big guys to take charges in the paint, but now a guy that just lurks in the paint, uh, not to just block shots, but to completely alter them. You guys are at the game when, as summer league, of course, I don't expect this to happen too often in the NBA, but you guys uh, saw the game where there was a rebound by the opponent, camera who OKC was playing, and he looked up and saw Chet before he put up like the layup, and he immediately passed it right out, even though it was like a one-on-one scenario. So I think this is easily like they because because they are coached so well, they play defense like that's what they were known for last year. I don't see that changing in their culture, especially forcing fast breaks with all five guys that can dribble the ball. And uh, it just Chet makes your defensive efficiency a lot better too, a lot more efficient, I guess, I suppose. So definitely easy. I take the uh, I don't know, over under whatever I, they're going to be a top nine defense. They'll be in the top third of the NBA's def- best defenses. I think easy. I think I, th- I think it's easy for me. I feel like it should be easy for everybody else. I'm with you. Maybe I put this over under at a bad spot. You didn't. I think it's a good. I think it's a good spot. Um, yeah, it's good. Like defensive rating is one of those like hard to jump kind of stats because it's it's scaled out to 100 possessions. So it's it, it takes a lot to go from. I think what did they finish? You said 14 last year. They're 11 most of the year. Like, yep. making a jump to, I guess the under would be nine. Like that's that's hard. That's not just like a a few games get you there. That's that's a lot of work. And sure. as good as Ted is a shot blocker, I've said this before. He's going to get bullied in some games. It's going to take adjustment to get used to playing with a real seven footer, not a Kenrich Williams at center, where you're more flexible and versatile. And and Chet can defend on the perimeter, but not the same way Kenrich. I, I think 10's the number, so I'm going to go over. I think team-wise, not just Chet, is like the big deal for me. I think the the jump that Shea made defensively last year was like super Huge. important, not only to the defensive rating, but just like the ceiling of the team. I mean, yeah. at some point in the season, for a long, like deep in the season, he was like two steals and a block a game, right? Like the only player to average, like yeah. guard to average 30 points, two steals and a block since Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're talking a lot about players for obvious reasons. Um, who, who is the main catalyst for um, Mark Dignall for this? But yeah, Mark Dignall is who we also need to mention because if he can get the most out of a new player coming in, like a case on Wallace, case on Wallace, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> and also players all the way. I don't, I don't want to say down the roster, like it, to me that, um, you know, as a negative against Trey man, but Trey man is not a great defensive player. He has very, great strengths uh, on the office of the floor, but Mark's able to get the most out of him defensively. So you think of a player all at the top, like a Chet Holmgren, um, Jason Wallace coming in, obviously Lou Dort, etc. 
all the way down to the bottom of his roster, like Trey Mann, like why couldn't they be a top nine defensive team to Kami Ars point? But I, I mean, mean the, like Nick's point the, isn't far off. He's I think the bench 10. defense will be important as well. Like I thought there were moments where they were really good defensively with Poku at center last year. Like when we talk about like the 10 man rotation, a lot of times Poku gets left out this year. I think part of that is because there's other guys that are up and coming that are very promising. Part of it is we haven't seen Poku play basketball since Christmas. But I mean, I think the catch and shoot was Jang's offensive skill that he offered last year. But I thought defensively he looked really good and he can continue to grow there. That length on the perimeter, there's a lot of times guys would get by him, but his length would allow him to get back in the play and affect a shot. Like, I think they're going to have a rotation of nine to 10 guys who are average to above average defenders on the floor. I, I just think the consistency, it's not going to be like, oh, their bench is in. We can cook now. Like, obviously, the bench players aren't as good, but I think the level of intensity and, and the the consistency defensively through guys like one through 10 is going to be really important. I think I that's think well said. Another reason I'll go over is. And I assume you said, when you say defensive ranking, you're talking about like defensive rating is how we're going to mm-hmm. benchmark. Yep. Um, a lot of the teams that make jumps, like it's points per hundred possessions is like the actual equation. So that, and the Thunder played the third fastest last year. It's like a lot of possessions. So like when the denominator is super big, you're naturally going to like be lifted a little bit. And that's why I think the, the ability to jump up, like you're going to have to restrict points a lot because you're already a fast team. It's like your, your ratings already maybe a little bit inflated because you have a lot of possessions. So I, I think it's going to be really hard to be like nine or higher. In honor of Justin, who is not here tonight and Nick mentioning a denominator, I was told there would be no math. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Final over under for all of you. The number is 6.5. This is for the number of postseason games for the OKC Thunder this coming season. That includes playing games. Wow. Those are postseason. I don't care what anyone says. They happen after the season. I am operating based off the English language. Post means after. <laughs> They're not regular season, so you're not wrong. It's a good point. Oh, They're boy. postseason, not playoff. Correct. This includes play-in. Mm-hmm. Six and a half is the number of games. Oh, games played or yes. when? Not wins, games. I oh. feel okay about. Let me, let me walk you through my thought process. So I think they're <laughs> gonna play. I think they're gonna end up in the in the play-in. All right, that's at least one game. Okay, and I think they're gonna get into the playoffs and take the series, whoever it is, to at least five games. So there's six. That's six, not six and a half. So what do you think? Oh, I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go oh, over. Oh, so you think they're taking them to six oh. games? Yeah. Or they play or, two playing and then or, get swept. No, they had to win one. So this is this is or they make it in the second round. Okay, that's okay. Nuts. No, stop. <laughs> no, seriously, I, though, I if, gotta say it. If if they were a playing team though, they're playing a one or a two seed. So yeah. that's like true. It's really hard. Like, yep. Yeah. Denver last year. Yeah. That's who you're playing. That's likely. Yeah. 
Especially, like, could you imagine uh, who on this Thunder roster guards Jokic? Chet, um, Chet or... versus Jokic, baby. Oh, holy God. Sign hey, me uh, up. Or, or number one seed. Jay Will would just take charges every time. Number one seed, Phoenix Suns, possibly. Who knows? The or possibilities a, are endless. Uh, or the Clippers or some yeah. somebody. Could be a 5-6 or, or, matchup. Or the Lakers Memphis. because uh, LeBron changed his number back to 23. Um. <laughs> That's that's a this is a really fun question uh, over under just because I uh, just speaking to what we were talking about earlier, Nick and I think they'll be in the lower half of those uh, playing teams, so they'll have to win two first of all, and then now you're already in a four game, you're already in a seven game series in which you would have to get swept to play six. So since I'm sincerely saying they're going to have to win two games to get into the actual playoff playoffs. Um, and I think they'll be able to win at least one away from whatever seed they play against, because again, this roster is too talented and gets to the free throw line uh, quite often. Um, uh, and will continue to do so as their roster matures and, uh, and um, also with the help of chip England also gets a, uh, better at shooting the ball specifically guys that haven't been as well uh like usman has definitely been working on that uh obviously josh and yada yada but uh and also hopefully j-dub again free throws are super important for his development in his game but i think automatically i take the over but only because i say you already have those two play-in games and then you have they win at least one yeah if you just go so, if you get the two playing games you just gotta win one yep that's that's where i'm at so if we're saying over, we're saying more than six and a half games, right? So you're saying coming on? I I don't. It's, they're going to win more than they're they're going to play in more, more than sorry, six more games. Than six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that. I I I agree with that. Um, especially if if I'm going to you know earlier I said that they would be the seventh or eighth seed. Therefore, I I obviously feel they're going to hit that over. The other factor here that we just haven't mentioned, and again, it's it's off season, and we have a lot of time to talk about this, but. Given where this team is, some of the offseason moves that Pressy has made, Mitchich being one that really stands out and how invested he is with that. Like, and we keep talking about the assets this team has. If this team shows promise heading into the NBA trade trade deadline, but has an obvious weakness, for example, like Pressy could address that. This could be the year that Pressy addresses that. I'm not saying he's going to trade for fill in the blank superstar necessarily, but like, what if he just uses uses some of those assets to bring in a great role player that fits a missing piece uh, for this team after they have performed really well in that? that I hate calling it the first half of the season, but uh, the first part of the season prior to the trade deadline. So, if you take that into consideration as well, again, another podcast for another time. I think I'm with calming arm. I'm easily going over here. And I think that's a good conversation to have, like maybe 30 games into the season. If you think they're at that level. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And 30 games though. I mean, in the course of a season, that's a lot, but it's almost a half. I mean, that's almost, yeah, it's also like such a small sample size of like, sure. That's 30 games what of a, Chet's career so far. I think you Daniel know? and Presti, uh, it was like two years ago. Oh, sorry. Two years ago, uh, Presti mentioned this. And then a year ago, I think Dignall mentioned it. 20 game sample sizes. That's what they go off of. And, and that's not like end all be all. Oh my gosh, 20 games. We're here. Like, let's overreact. That's not the case. They're saying 20 games into the season, we start to evaluate. And then another 20 games, we evaluate yeah. again. 
All-Star break's going to be uh, really, really telling for where this team is at in comparison yep. to the rest of the West. Definitely. Nick, I don't think you've given us your over-under on this one yet. Um, I think the odds game would suggest under because it would take winning two games and then not getting swept, which they could just lose the first game of the play as a 10 you know what i mean i think i think if this was a vegas odds it would be pretty heavily swayed and on the underside so i'm gonna go under okay i'm not gonna give you any analysis on why i think personally i, I just think it's the way it is no it's that's fair like i it's it just really depends like on this team's upside and i think that's okay we take a lot of the right dominoes yeah um i mentioned like the the that memphis team's jump like two or three years ago I wonder if this is more of this season for the Thunder. Like the the two set, I think it was a two seven matchup where they took the Lakers to six. The Pau Gasol tip in uh, yeah. loses the series before it could go to seven. Maybe this is that catalyst season for the Thunder, where they do sneak into the play playoffs. They're one of those lower seeds, but they're one of those lower seeds that whenever that higher seed gets up against them, it's just like, oh shit, what do we get ourselves into? This team is fast. They're fierce. They're fearless. This is the team that's on the rise. Like I think that could be the type of season the OKC Thunder could have. Um, I mean, second round is like insane. Like I don't think that's going to happen. If, if, for, po- for the podcast purposes, I pray to God they make the second round, right? <laughs> but um, I, I think this is that catalyst year where you start to see they're they're climbing that second hill, as Presti has continually said. I think this is where they start to get a glimpse of, oh, this is what the peak of this of this mountain could look like. Nice. Any uh, any other thoughts, gentlemen, before we get out of here? I thought one of you all and... might uh, go Kate Bush running up that hill there when. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I guess gonna... we'll leave it on this um, because well, Silva's Jay... got some to say. Silva's oh, got Silva, Silva. Hey, wow. It's, it's, wow. it's just what I've said already. I just, I, I'm going to try and be okay with Mitchich. That's all I'm going to say. That's I'm just it. curious about what you say out loud to talk yourself into if he it. Sucks, it's a very hurdle. easy like I'm overcoming yeah. opportunity for us. Silva like changing it, the first letter in his name. When, when Silva goes uh, to uh, God. counseling, the first thing he talks about is Vasily Mitchich. I just don't understand. I can't get over this hurdle this. in my mind. We'll it's, talk about Mitchich this week. It's interesting. Uh, there's, a, I mean, like it's so cool to be a Thunder fan right now because you are looking at a team that shows a lot of promise like they did back with, you know, Katie and Russ and, and Harden when they were getting, you know, like you, once you realize they were, had all-star potential and became a young core that was, everybody was really talking about before they shipped Jeff green to Boston. And uh, you, so you see like a lot of potential and, but it's the off season and so many things can go right as we've seen in years past but just also as so many things can go weird and wrong. And so uh, it's weird to talk about them still in July, knowing that we're what three months away from Mm -hmm. the NBA season. So there's a lot of time. Definitely. I I told someone this the other day, like not the best Thunder team. Don't like misquote me on this. This next season though, with check coming in with the evolution of Shea and dub and giddy and, 
you know, Kaysen's here and they bring Mitchich over. This has the possibility to be like one of the funnest seasons in the history of Oklahoma City Thunder basketball. Could be like when, when you consider like talent, youth, relatively low expectations still. Like it's not like title or bust like it was in the KD, Russ, Harden, PG, Mellow years. Like style this of has play. the possibility style of play. This has the possibility the type of guys they have. You know, they're super fun to fall like off the court. This just has the possibility to be an incredibly fun season to yeah. follow this team. Yeah. Uh, can I, my last statement, since everyone's gotten their last statement, I'm going to, I'm going to try to rewire Silva's brain on the pod. Cause I think there's probably a lot of other people that have very similar thoughts to Silva where it's like Dr. Frankenstein. Like I, I, they're like, I want Mitchett's to be good, but I can't really like wrap my head around cheering for this. You know what I mean? So he, he's six, five as a guard. So he's got the size. A lot of these European guys that have come over have been like super small. We've seen in the past, these guys that don't work out, they're super small. His two best traits are passing, which translates. I don't care what league you're in and three point shooting, which should translate as well. So I think if you rewire your brain to not think like this guy has to be a star when he comes over and just think about like the, the Isaiah Joe experience. He came in, it was low expectations. He came in, he, he hit some threes if you have the same mindset with Mitchich, where it's like, he's, he's just a guy. If he works out great, if he doesn't, oh well. I think you'll be pleased if you think about it that way versus maybe like all the Twitter hype of Mitchich being this, you know? Yeah. Re- rethink the expectations for Mitchich and think about what he does well and how he can help the team as a complimentary piece. And and don't think about the EuroLeague MVP and, and some of the hype that's maybe synthetic on Twitter. Well, Nick, that was very helpful. Um, I'll send you my Still billing address. <laughs> I'm more interested in Jack White. They said he wanted to talk to his therapist, and I'm his yeah. therapist, so we did it live on the pod. Jack White's going to play basketball and be the halftime uh, entertainer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Thank you for White's listening right. to the Uncontested Podcast. Twice, brother. We appreciate you. Uh, hey, we got new stickers in if you're live on the stream. Mm-hmm. Try to figure out which way I got to turn this daggum thing. New hollow stickers. We'll be giving some of these away. So make sure you're turning tuning into the live streams. We'll be back Wednesday around 9 p.m. Central Time as always. So make sure to tune in. You guys have a great start of your week. We will see you in about three days, unless something crazy happens, which I don't expect that to happen. You guys, uh, we will talk soon. Until then, and as always, thunder up. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.